Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we'll be doing our third series on David Lynch shorts. Yes. This is a fun one. It is. Very <laughs> eclectic group. Yeah. I was so excited when I found it on YouTube. I was like, oh my gosh, I can um, finally see this, you know, obscure, random comedy that David Lynch, <laughs> short comedy that he did. Um, but we have a lot more to cover besides just the cowboy and the Frenchman. Yes. <laughs> Lots of weather reports. Yeah. We've got stuff from like, earliest web days weather reports mm-hmm. and some of what is David working on today and some of his shorts that have come out recently. Although I guess they originally came out longer ago. Right. And, and he just released them. Yeah. I would say let's do our first impressions because I guess yeah. this is probably you just watched it for the first time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of the weather reports and some of the working, what is he working on today? Uh-huh. Um, but I would say going in, you know, when you hear, when I hear David Lynch shorts, now I think about our most, is it our most recent where it was like fire, Posar and. Oh yeah. That was our first. Well, our first set maybe. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, because the second set was, like, the Criterion Collection stuff. Right, right. So whenever I, now I go into, I hear David Lynch shorts, I think of, like, that kind of, like, super artistic surrealist. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, it's not going to be, like, super linear. But these were kind of, like, I, I wouldn't say refreshing because it's not like I didn't like the other ones. It was just different. Yeah. It seems more, because, I mean, they're shorts, but, like, you know, they're just little peeks into David himself. And I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I always love what is David working on today. Yes. And some of the newer stuff, the newer shorts were, I feel like the set we're covering are pretty, there's a lot of spooky ones. They seemed pretty yeah. scary <laughs> for being so short. And the Cowboy and the Frenchman was just so funny. It's and so goofy ridiculous. and silly. <laughs> and that was really fun too. And getting to see the old weather reports and being like, oh, you're still in the same spot. And yes. they still sound exactly the same in certain ways. <laughs> I say, I remember one of the ones from like 2008 or something he did. And it was like almost the exact same format as the one he recently did a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's good old David. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my first impression as well, I guess yesterday was the first time I watched most of them. Some of mm-hmm. them. I've been watching, I've been keeping up with what he's been putting out on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the early stuff, the Cowboy and the Frenchman was definitely, yesterday was the first time I watched it, mm-hmm. and I was, I was definitely like, what? I didn't know what to expect next, yeah. and then the second time I watched it, I was like, of course this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, it, it was, was really, really funny. Well, should we go ahead and get into some notes? Sure. Okay. Francais Bouspar. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote something French down. So <laughs> maybe that was <laughs> at the very beginning of something. But I, I started the notes with the um, the Cowboy and the Frenchman because that one had like a little intro. So <laughs> it was right. the easiest to start with. Okay. Yeah. He um, There was a little interview clip before um, the clip because I think it was originally on a box set of like david lynch shorts Mm -hmm. and all the other ones that were on that box set were the ones we covered in the last episode but this one for some reason is not with the criterion collection okay for some reason this french farce is not in with the rest (laughs) (laughs) but um so there was like a little interview clip with david lynch talking about 
the cowboy and the Frenchman. And he said that after Blue Velvet, he went to Paris with a man <laughs> named Daniel, Daniel, something very long. And I could never say it right, <laughs> even when I tried to hear it. I just couldn't write it down. <laughs> but David Lynch said it several times, so he must have mastered it at I'm some saying, point. <laughs> it must have been like practice, practice. <laughs> But he asked uh, David if he wanted to be a part of a TV show called How I See the French. And at first, Lynch um, said no. But then on the way home, he started getting ideas. And so he called the guy. And the guy, when he told him the idea, said, oh, two cliches in one. (laughs) (laughs) And the cast had Harry Dean Stanton, who he hasn't been in anything we've watched so far. But he is in the Twin Peaks universe. Okay. So we'll meet him eventually. And I, he's also in like sh- a couple of other David Lynch things. Frederick Golchan. That might have been the French Frenchman. Probably. Frederick Gol- Golka. <laughs> Dol- <laughs> <laughs> Tracy Walters. Jack Nance. Yay. Michael Horse. Who, when I first saw him, of course, I didn't recognize him because he was like so far away. But then I heard his voice and I was like, wait a minute. Is that Hawk? <laughs> <laughs> Rick Gilroy, or Gillery, Rick Gillery, Marie Lauren, Patrick Hauser, and like 15 other people who I was like, how are there more people in this? How is there that many people in this cast? And someone named Jackie Old Coyote was the last person. (laughs) (laughs) Jackie Old Coyote. I'm not sure who was who in there. And then when you get to like the closing credits of what? I was just looking at the cast list and Harry Dean Stanton was an alien. That's where I know him from. So I was like, I, and the Green Mile. And I was like, I know him from something. <laughs> I was those two. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's great. We'll get to him someday. And you'll be like, oh, I remember him from the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the closing credits, there were like, there are lots of other old favorites that we'll recognize, like Frederick Elms, a cinematographer. He mm-hmm. worked with David before, I think, on what half of Eraserhead and Blue Velvet? Yes. And Joanna Ray, his casting director for everything. And special set directing appearance by Frank Silva, later to Ooh. become Bob. And also Catherine Colson was a camera assistant. Uh, Queen Catherine. She's gotta be on everything. And it was part of a series called French as Seen by and the other directors who were asked to make shorts were Jean Luc Goddard, mm-hmm. who I think is French, so weird. Um, Werner Herzog, Andre Wajda, don't know if I'm saying that right, and Luigi Comencini. But I think it may have only had one season if it ever actually happened. I'm not sure, but David Lynch made his portion. Okay, and then for some of the other ones, the three R's, which we'll be talking about, was originally made as a trailer for the 2011 Vienna Film Festival. And Screen Rant said, The three R's is not a literal cursed film, but its imagery leaves a lasting impression that unsettles the viewer well after walking away from the screen and creates the feeling of it being cursed. (laughs) Because I found this article that was like, David Lynch's cursed film. And I read the whole thing and it was like, it's not actually cursed. It just feels, feels cursed. Like it. I'm like, well, that was a misleading title, but I get what you're trying to say. <laughs> and then The Adventures of Alan R. 
Um, most likely a reference to Alan R. Spelt, the sound designer who collaborated with Lynch for The Grandmother, Eraserhead, and later The Elephant Man, Dune, Blue and Blue Velvet. And he went on to win an Oscar for his work on The Black Stallion and passed away in 1994. The year I was born. Yeah. As a matter of fact, IndieWire named Lynch and Spelt landmark influencers in the craft of sound design. And as we know, they rely, as we know, <laughs> as we already know, they relied heavily on wind elements um, for mm-hmm. a lot of their sound design with Spelt's love of classical music helping to give the abstract sounds like a melodic undertone. And apparently Spelt took a trip to Findhorn or Findhorn? Findhorn? <laughs> I don't know. Which could be what the adventure <laughs> of the title refers to. Okay. Um, scissors was originally titled Absurda, and it was made for the 2007 Cannes Film Festival. They commissioned a series of short films about the director's state of mind. Okay, Uh, no. Hold on. State of mind of the moment as inspired by cinema. So... Okay. So their state of mind of the moment as inspired by cinema. And apparently there were quite a few entries into this that featured someone sitting alone in a theater with a tear streaming down their cheek, which I just thought was really funny. Like, there's a lot of these, like, I just love it in tear. And David Lynch comes in with these scissors and a murder. Murder. (laughs) (laughs) This is, like, his most, like suspenseful mysterious thriller one it was like so if like definitely felt obviously david lynch but it felt like so new compared to his other stuff i know and then the i have a radio is a music video for a bonus track on his 2011 album crazy clown time (laughs) i'm not sure why it was japanese subtitles though i don't know maybe he was (laughs) uh maybe the release of the video was in japan it could have been could have been I didn't find any real information about that one. (laughs) All right. Should we do the recap now? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So these are just various early weather reports that I found on YouTube. Because once I started watching a lot of David Lynch shorts, they started recommending, here, how about this weather <laughs> report, this weather report? And they're just on random people's web pages who I mm-hmm. guess were probably members of davidlynch.com back in the day. And pirated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doubt he minds. I um, <laughs> don't think he cares. <laughs> so the first one is titled Funny Moments. And it's just... David Lynch reading a Maxim magazine with like <laughs> this yellow sun painted on a blue board behind him and his lapel mic is just sitting on the table beside him and you can hear like birds and other outside sounds. Mm-hmm. So it's just him reading a Maxim. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one called funny moment number three and it's he says good morning to I think a davidlynch.com member a specific member uh-huh. and a happy birthday to baby baby and congrats on child (laughs) (laughs) and the actual weather report is very similar to today Uh, actually in that one laura dern is sitting beside him the whole time holding a yellow sheet of paper with february 1st written on it but it's like either held backwards or it's written backwards in some way or it's mirrored i don't know um (laughs) it's very 
Also a funny, weird moment. I would like to think that he just called her over to do that, and then that was it. Yeah, she was probably there working on something, and he was like, all right, you, will you just sit here and hold this while I do my brother report real quick? And she's like, sure, David. Because he was clearly doing it, because these like, go between 2006 and 2008, from what I can tell, mm-hmm. or up to 2009, even. So he did it for several years. Which gives me a lot of hope that he might continue this on forever. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. So the next one is called Weird Daily Weather Report. And he's wearing this weird white head sock that looks like a monkey face on it. It's like a paper mache monkey face on this white head sock. And it's over his head. And then it looks kind of like there's this white arm wrapping around his body. Uh And it just, for a long time, just sits on him quiet. And then in the end, in like a kind of spooky kid sounding voice, he goes, thank you for my leg. No, thank you. Thank you for my legs. I think. I think it was thank you for my legs. That's what it sounded like to me. Maybe it was the arm. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe there was a running thing with this thing and before it didn't have arms. And then. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe it was like a DavidLynch.com exclusive. Yeah, thing. like help build my arms. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for my legs. I wish I'd been a member of DavidLynch.com back in the day. I know, it sounds like a... Fun time. A fun time. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one called David Lynch Eraserhead Weather Balloon Report. And he's holding this white balloon in front of his face. And the balloon has a smiley face drawn on it. But Ugh. the nose is like two dots. <laughs> Very scary looking. Yeah. I don't know what it has to do with Eraserhead or anything. He doesn't say anything in that one. It's just the it's balloon. It's just the balloon. It reminds me... um. And I don't know if you've watched Legion, but yeah, you have. Yeah. Do you remember the um, the like nightmare sequence? I think it's season two that he keeps having with like that person in like a costume with a very large head. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, kind of yeah. reminded me of that, which was why it scared me because <laughs> that show is really scary. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is it supposed to be an eraser head? It's a balloon. It looks like a balloon to me. Maybe. <laughs> balloon head weather report <laughs> and then we have david lynch weather march 12th 2009 and i don't i don't know if i even noticed what he's wearing the other ones but in this one i wrote he was wearing a black jacket with a white shirt mm-hmm. which is his pretty typical it's look. like his, his, his signature style <laughs> yeah it's like the uh cartoons when you open their closet it's just the same yeah <laughs> outfit every day yeah and now it's just a black shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's also where I realized that the, all these weather reports are in his same shop that in like the same spot that mm-hmm. he's still doing the weather reports from. That's what made me laugh. Yeah, but the digital technology is way better now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Those were very Grainy. low quality. But it could just be, you know, websites back then were so much lower. Um, res. Res, yeah. <laughs> lower res. <laughs> but he's still talking about blue skies and golden shunt sunshine <laughs> sunshine Uh-oh. even back then but it was like only 20 seconds long back then <laughs> yeah it was like two seconds and then there was a little davidlynch.com member questions which we kind of watched one of those last time but we didn't actually cover it we just kind of like used some of the notes from it mm-hmm. <laughs> but i just wrote like um he's got this 
he's smoking and he's got this boom box behind his head and there's someone off screen who's asking him the questions which makes me wonder like are there like a million people just bustling around david Lim's shop at any given moment who are just like <laughs> sure let me video you for this or here i'm gonna make something on this wood because every once in a while you hear like someone working a saw in the background mm-hmm. and stuff i say i wonder if it's like a, a crew that he has like a little crew yeah. they just like set up a camera <laughs> just like him. sure we'll do whatever you want david as long as you follow you around <laughs> I, I i might be willing to be one of those people <laughs> <laughs> is there are they hiring um so someone off screen is asking the questions and um he answers that yes sandy and blue velvet does have a montgomery cliff poster in her room because she wanted one <laughs> <laughs> and someone asks about his band blue bob and he's like hopefully we will never perform again after this next one because <laughs> this is such a pain in the butt <laughs> <laughs> And he also gets asked um, about whether he likes to meet the female members or the male members more. And he's like, of course, I like to meet the female members more. No offense, guys, but I don't really care that much about me. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, like, sure, I like you too, but there's no contest between the two. (laughs) Right. Which I always like, I immediately took it as it's easier to deal with the female members as because they're not I didn't feel it was sexist at all <laughs> no it, it felt like because he's like you men are a little too aggro for me <laughs> <laughs> I just always preferred with women in general uh, same and then um there was one where he did the weather report it's called David Lynch announces ringtones and he did the weather report first and then he turns on some dramatic drum music from like a the stereo or whatever and it's like and he waits for the whole thing and then he's like ringtones and wallpaper now available at dl.com <laughs> <laughs> the next one is called david lynch on twitter and he does the weather report and then he says it is him on the twitter page that <laughs> <laughs> oh, made me laugh and um there's a couple more. There's one just called David Lynch, just a regular typical report. And it's got a coffee mug and everything. One David Lynch weather report from Halloween 2008, where mm-hmm. there's cloudy skies and muted sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> December 7, 2008, uh, muted golden sunshine and gentle breeze. <laughs> and then there's one called David Lynch, another one called David Lynch, where there's an, <laughs> there's an arrow I thought it was painted on the wall, but I think it's actually like hanging from the lamp and yeah. it's pointing down at this white overturned pot with a question mark painted on it, which I thought was interesting. That's also in a couple of the other clips. You can like see it floating around the background, but that uh-huh. particular one is very prominent. And one from September 4th, where uh, that was the first time I really noticed the phone behind him is the exact same phone i think it was just like the same angle as we have nowadays so i was like oh my god the phone is <laughs> still there yeah and there was another one from october 26 definitely the same shop even had like the other side box the same <laughs> mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah so then what is david working on today okay so these are all from this year so June 28th, he was repairing the holes in the knees of his pants. I remember this came out, like, right <laughs> after we recorded the last one, or the fir- whatever one we talked about these, uh-huh. and I immediately sent it to you. I was like, oh my gosh, he's the best. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's repairing the holes in the knees of his pants while wearing them. Um, he has already done one knee where he used a paper towel under the fabric to protect his legs from the glue, but then he used white glue around where it's thin and tearing 
And so, like, strengthens the material, he says. And then the paper towel sticks to the glue. And then, hopefully the next day, you (laughs) wait for the glue to dry. And then you take paint that you mix (laughs) to be the exact same color as your pants and paint on the white paper towels. And I I really don't know how long that kind of a patch is going to last, but I <laughs> appreciate <long>. <laughs> the ingenuity. Ingenuity. The sustainability of it. I think it's ingenuity. Ingen- no. <laughs> <laughs> the ingenue. <laughs> so he was doing the same thing with his other knee, but he had just put the glue on and then he started to paint it. And I was like, no, that paint's not going to stick because the glue is still wet. Right. David. And it's not the same color. But, but- I appreciate the sustainability of his fashion and <laughs> his stance on uh, fast fashion yes and the environment uh, yeah he has some issues mixing the colors and he's like damn near good as new <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite ones he's bunny <laughs> so then july 11th he's working on an old paint cabinet that came mm-hmm. from universal film studios and he's building some extra drawers out of I think the piece of wood from the top and he's talking about how incredible the wood is because it's so dry because it's been you know nowadays when you cut wood it curls up but because it's so dry they stay straight and he says you can't get wood like that anymore and then he goes let's get back to work <laughs> <laughs> just so y'all know we're staying on topic <laughs> <laughs> so a few days later on the 16th of july um the drawers are finished in the cabinet and it's sanded and he's working on the third coat of varnish to which he added some brown and violet oil paint and i personally learned something new i never knew you could Mm -hmm. varnish just by adding oil paint to it so thank you david lynch (laughs) (laughs) he says it was surprisingly cold that morning which now, from the perspective of September, thinking that it was surprisingly cold one morning in January when it's like 120 out in California and some Seriously. places in LA. Such a weird dynamic. I know. So he, yeah, he's, he paints it. It's kind of medi- meditative. Medi- mm-hmm. medi- meditative. <laughs> you know that word. I think it's meditative, but it looks like it should be meditative. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he says it's looking really nice (laughs) (laughs) it does look really nice it does i want one just like that i was like i want like three of those to organize all my stuff (laughs) um so then the next one the last one for this grouping is him putting up a mirror and (laughs) it's very interesting the way he's doing this he's got like a piece of wood screwed into the wall and he takes well he measures everything first and he puts on gloves he has to like blow them up and he's like he says um, he has to reuse them because it's hard to get gloves now because of the virus (laughs) and so then he puts like this glove of glue on something and uses a thing to smear it on the wood and then he puts it on the mirror on the back of the mirror and then he just holds it up there it's kind of offset and it's weird and I'm thinking, how long does he have to stay there until the glue dries? <laughs> and then at the end, he looks at us in the camera, in the mirror, like it's kind of a cool ending. <laughs> <laughs> Made me laugh. Yeah. Okay. So now we're getting into the David Lynch theater stuff. And first thing we watched was the trailer for David Lynch theater. 
because it came out, which mm-hmm. and it was fun. It had like little clips from the the urinal episode, yes. some weather report stuff. Um, the checking stick was in there. There were clips from all the shorts and rabbits and the drain spout and clips from fire. And the music was really cool. I liked it. Mm-hmm. That was a great trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was really cool. Okay, so then our first um, short is the three R's, which we talked about at the beginning. So it starts off. We hear like buzzy sounds, like a mm-hmm. bug buzzy. Buzz, and the camera is shaky. And at first, there's a man with like bug eyes, it looks like, like yeah. ping pongs stuck in his eyes. And he's holding two rocks. And then we see a sign and a woman saying, Pete has how many rocks? And he's holding one in each hand, but the bug eyes are gone. We see him again. It's all black and white. So we see he's holding two rocks in his hand. And then we see a woman on a ladder writes onto this chalkboard over a door that says, um, Pete has, and then there's a square, rock slash rocks. (laughs) (laughs) And she writes in a three and looks at the camera. And she writes it very nicely. I like the way she just said I was like, line, line, curve. Line, line, curve. (laughs) And then we see her erasing it, and then they write 14, and we see that it's a different woman. And (laughs) then a light illuminates a rubber ducky in water, and then someone cuts its head off with some scissors. (laughs) And then the camera goes all shaky again, and it looks like the black and white turns to red like blood, and we hear a woman scream. And then the word school pops on screen, and in a chick chipmunk voice, we hear someone say, school, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and then there's, like, we just kind of see, like, the silhouettes of trees and a lot more buzzing sounds. And then we see Pete, from the guy from the beginning, mm-hmm. Pete, who's holding the rocks. He's now hitting the ground with a hammer, like he's playing whack-a-mole. And every time he does, there's this squealing sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And every so often, he'll brush at himself like flies are buzzing at him. Ugh. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the end. That one was pretty creepy. It was. It was, it was really was... short, but definitely left an impact. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't know. I'll save my thoughts for surrealism at the end, but <laughs> it was very creepy. It always, it always makes me feel very unsettled. <laughs> yeah i think that's the point yes <laughs> especially the like how many rocks is he holding and you see him holding two and then she writes three and it's like I, stop i know i was like no it's not 14 two we're <laughs> <laughs> getting farther away <laughs> um okay so then there was the adventures of alan r which is just the strange model head sitting on yeah. a stripy floor and it has teeth <laughs> and like grimace and it has a nose and ears, but its eyes are just kind of like dug out socket shapes. Mm-hmm. And we hear a ticking clock and those like mouth wind noises that David Lynch loves. So the mm-hmm. <laughs> and the mouth goes, I'm not going fishing, mom. <laughs> mom, I'm not going fishing. And as it says it, like, well, like the mouth animates. Mm-hmm. And that's that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so scissors. This is a fun one. Mm -hmm. So we see a theater, which we know it was for about like something about the theater, you know. 
right your feeling of the moment as described by the cinema <laughs> so we see a giant pair of scissors are suspended mid-snip in a movie theater and we hear people whispering about the scissors, like, cool scissors. <laughs> and there's all these subtitles of what they're saying in French. So, like, French subtitles. And so they're like, what's with the scissors? <laughs> and then we see a guy, probably Lynch, because it looks like he's wearing his signature coat and mm-hmm. white shirt, walking onto the stage, like, maybe behind the screen. Like, it's lit up so you can see behind the screen. And in a really deep voice, it says, they're what was used oh god and someone says i thought you were going to show us a dance and then a dancer shows up on screen but the scissors snip and pull away and then a dancer shows up on screen and then the voice says this is what she looked like when she was younger (laughs) and the viewer says it looks like one of them can't remember what the girl's name was cindy or something it looks like you cindy (laughs) (laughs) i was like "Uh uh-oh and then she dances creepily close to the screen and a looks like a paper mache distorted face and she goes it is me <laughs> i was like oh that's what you look like <laughs> i was like you might want to get something checked out and then so she sounds shocked when she says that it is me and then a bloody face appears and she says i've had this dream and then they say that's tom and then the scissors start stabbing the stage and the girl asks tommy what are you looking at me like that for and he responds so i feel a little strange and then she screams and another guy says stop it tom and then the light gets bright and flickers and smoke is shifting in the air and the screams fade and like a twin peak style organ music starts playing Mm -hmm. and now the dancer is doing some point dancing like some ballet on the screen and we hear cindy say i've always loved to dance (laughs) so creepy (laughs) Yeah, that one is really like a good Halloween one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the, one of the most linear shorts he has. Yeah. Because it kind of tells a story in a roundabout way. I just would have loved to have been one of those can viewers who are like, tearful person in the cinema, tearful person in the cinema. Oh my God, scissors. scissors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the last short that we watched was I Have a Radio. And this is just a music video. It's so it won't take very long to describe because it's basically very um, repetitive. Yes. But a whispery voice says, I have a radio. Uh. And that has Japanese subtitles. And then it's, it looks very fire-esque. Yes. Like Posar fire, the way the background is. Mm-hmm. And so there's like two guy, two little drawing guys kind of dancing, swaying back and forth. Um, to the music one is black and one is white and between them there's like a black splotchy splot splot <laughs> black blotchy spot between them <laughs> and there's also like a couple of black dots that kind of float around the screen mm-hmm. the whole time um the only words in the song are i have a radio and towards the end a pig starts squealing in time to the music for a while the music is very lynchian though yeah uh <laughs> yes yeah very um <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, what genre. Just very, like, mood music. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it would make a good, like, um, drug party song. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, just because it has, like, that beat, and it's, like, kind of weird to watch. A scary movie. Like, in the credits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could definitely do it at, like, a Halloween party. Have it as one of your 
on your playlist. Yes, people will be very scared. Spooky playlist. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess spooky music video playlist is there such a thing uh yeah you could play it on the screen during a party yeah definitely everyone's just hanging out (laughs) and and terrify them (laughs) all right so for our final short the long one cowboy and the frenchman it's like half an hour Mm -hmm. okay so there's this there's a, a title card with the setup of the character slim it says that Slim is the foreman of the ranch. He's almost stone cold deaf on account of two rounds going off too close to him when he was 13 and a half. <laughs> and along with Pete and Dusty, they see something unusual coming down the mountain. So then we see the three cowboys, um, Harry Dean Stanton, and I always want to call him Pete Martell. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Pete in this too. Jack Nance. Jack Nance. Gosh brain okay thank you mm-hmm. um <laughs> and dusty who i don't know who that was tracy walters is that what that I was i wasn't sure if that was him or if tracy walters was one of the girls but um per imdb tracy walter was dusty okay so that's who that is tracy walters <laughs> <laughs> so slim is yelling what the hell what is that <laughs> and he sends pete and dusty to check it out and Slim can't hear them when they respond because he's deaf. So they respond that they'll do it and they'll do a damn good job. <laughs> <laughs> so they ride out there on their horses, which it's not that far. They really don't need to ride horses. No. But they get there lickety split. And the lighting is all super like yellow, golden light. Mm-hmm. Golden Very hour. Um, out west. So this is all feeling like cowboy... Like early frontier day type oh, cowboy. Yeah. Western. Yeah, at this point. Because... <laughs> <laughs> and we see this Native American scout sneaking over. And Pete and Dusty bring up the tied up Frenchman. And the Frenchman stares, stares each of them down. <laughs> and then Slim surprisingly hears a bird and shoots it out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I guess his ears are tuned to that. So the Frenchman speaks to them in French, and Slim keeps saying, What? and cupping his ear. Because <laughs> that helps. I wrote, I need Josh to translate, which I did ask him to translate. He was like, Oh, hold on, let me look it up. He didn't really translate it very well. <laughs> I didn't think he trusted his translation abilities, but he's saying something about just a bird. And he talks about the gravity of his situation, and he says something about the Statue of Liberty, and then talks about something being all white. Ah. So, anyway, <laughs> I don't know what, what it was about. I wish I could understand French, but or I wish there were subtitles. <laughs> French, to me, is like one of the hardest ones to ever understand. I almost feel like I can understand it. When he was talking, I was like, it's like so close to me actually being able to understand what he's saying, but I just can't. <laughs> I can't. I French is like one of those ones where I like am gonna dread to learn it eventually because I'm like I, French accents are not my thing. It's really bad. Well, you've got Josh to translate for you. <laughs> Maybe I'll just let him do the French stuff. Yeah, you can do Spanish. Yes. So none of them can understand him either. Not, not just Slim. And Slim is afraid that he's an alien spy. <laughs> so <laughs> they go through his bag before they're gonna kill him. Yeah, as they go through his bag, they find wine and baguettes and cheese and pictures of the Eiffel Tower and a plate of snails, which (laughs) freaks them all out. They're like, ah, snails. 
Which is ridiculous. <laughs> and then Pete finds a letter, I think, to his fiance because I think he's saying it. You feel safe. Jetami, Jetami. Yeah, he's reading. Slim tries to read it very badly. Jetami, Jetami. <laughs> and he just randomly shoots a rattlesnake, which is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> and then they find a plate of French fries, and <laughs> the world is good. They can all bond. So they're like, "Oh, duh, French." He must be French. They figure it out. <laughs> he's French, and they untie him and. He requests that they go get him a couple of cases of beer, and there's this random cow wrestling scene. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> it made me feel bad for the cow. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. And then Slim starts to sing to himself, and then the Frenchman spies the Native American, and he starts getting antsy, and whenever he gets antsy, he just starts stomping at little stomps. <laughs> <laughs> little, little quick ones. And then we see three ladies singing in harmony. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part. It's like the time change transition music. Yes. Because <laughs> they'll be like, we're shifting from day to night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> by the light of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so the Frenchman starts to talk to us again, which I can't understand. Nope. And he offers cheese to the cowboys who knock it out of his hand and they're like, no offense. It's just gone bad. It's not good for you. <laughs> We've smelled it and it's bad. <laughs> they don't realize, they don't understand the nuances of brie and yeah, how oh delicious God, it is. Give me all that sticky cheese I want it. Yes. So he sees the Indian again and he starts to get antsy and Slim talks to him. He talks to, I guess it's, this is where you find out his name is Broken Feather. Mm-hmm. So Slim calls him over. He says that he is worried about the Frenchman, but he cautiously comes over and we realize, oh, it's definitely Michael Horse. Yeah. Hey, Huck. And they realize there's something more wrong than just this Frenchman. And they're like, oh, Dusty, you still owe him that $20 that he won <laughs> in that contest. And so he <laughs> reluctantly, not reluctantly, but he just seems like, oh, so sh- all shucks about it. And he gives him 25 to make up for it. For it. And he feels better now. (laughs) (laughs) And then a fancy car pulls up and it makes me say, oh, we're in a different time altogether than I thought we were. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And four blondes with perms get out. (laughs) They're exactly the same from the back, which made me laugh. (laughs) Yeah. And we see all the chickens eating. (laughs) And then the singing ladies transition again. So now it's nighttime and all the guys are still lined up by the fence. (laughs) The ladies come by one by one to serve them. Like one has to almost completely cross before the next one starts. (laughs) And the Frenchman starts to tell his story in French, unfortunately. And an accordion (laughs) starts up. (laughs) So stupid. And it kind of sounds like circus music starts. A little bit. And... Or I guess maybe can-can music, because there's some girls can-can dancing, and then there's a horse that's also kind of kicking, doing, like, the can-can. <laughs> Get its legs around. <laughs> and the chickens, sometimes they're feeding, and they're all kind of, like, dreamily interspersed together. And then there's, like, some French girls who walk in to this <laughs> dreamy thing. And then there's some trick lassoing. This yes. is all part of the same dream sequence. And then an Elvis-looking country singer with three of the blondes. I assume they're the same blondes, blondes from earlier. From earlier. Um, they start singing a country song. Oh, well, there's like a little drum. 
Mm-hmm. Ding, and then they start singing, and then there's another drum, and they switch into like more of a rockabilly, rock and roll, like more Elvis kind of sounding. Yes. And more girls come to dance, so we've got all the blondes and all the French girls, and suddenly it's reality, and <laughs> Slim and the Frenchmen are shouting, "Ooh la la!" and "Yippee yay!" at each other, <laughs> uh, trying out each other's language, and the Frenchman has the two of the blondes. And is like, you know, kissing with them. And Slim has a French girl who he's kissing. And then he starts to sing, Give uh, give me a home where the buffalo roam while playing on the guitar. (laughs) And now all the characters are lined up on the fence (laughs) as he's singing. And the French man picks up a small statue of the Statue of Liberty (laughs) and carries it out to the middle and then Slim shoots his pistol into the air and they all yell, Viva la France! (laughs) (laughs) And we see the three ladies singing again about transitioning from night to day and the morning gale singing. (laughs) Yeah, the morning morning gale? Morning. Yeah. Morning gale. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're cooking breakfast on the fire. And suddenly the Frenchman speaks English. Yep. He's talking about flapjacks. His name is Pierre. Broken Feather says that he really wants a suitcase like Pierre's. He really likes that suitcase. That's why he's following him around, I'm guessing. <laughs> and then Slim pulls a snail from his armpit, disgustedly. And that's it. And then it's called The French as Seen by David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> It's so interesting to me that snails really grossed them out. Since <laughs> cowboys ate squirrels and... That's true. Nasty things all the time. I know. I think it was just trying to be as stereotypical as possible oh, in yeah. every aspect. <laughs> That's what's so funny about it. It's why it's so ridiculous that they're like, French are gross because they eat snails. Meanwhile, you're eating gross stuff too. I know. They pulled out every American stereotype in the book. Oh, <laughs> At yeah. Least Old West one or Yippee country Yippee and <laughs> cow, cow wrestling and <laughs> shooting um, a rattlesnake. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. I did too. I really liked that one. All right. Should we say our favorite one or our favorite part or our favorite Sure. Thing? We can do, yeah. We want to do our favorite uh, short? Yeah. Okay. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I can go first. Um, my favorite was scissors. Oh, I, uh, I just appreciated the very, I don't know, like weird. Like I felt like there was like some weird anticipation the whole time, like waiting to like, cause the story, it was like a story unfolding, Uh which we don't usually get so linear from him. And so I was like waiting to see like, what is happening? What is happening? (laughs) What's happening with these scissors? And it was just so cool. I liked it a lot. It made me feel really creepy, but not in like the surrealist way that I don't like. Yeah. Um, and the style of the way it was shot, I don't know what you would what I would call that, but it just really appealed to me. Like with the voices off screen and like the, yeah. the screen through the screen. Yeah, and how and just how it looked. Like yeah. how it looked really appealed to me. Yeah. Um, I really loved it. Yeah, it looked like a an art piece. Yes. <laughs> Come to life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Um God, it's really hard actually for me to pick a favorite because I really liked most of this stuff mm-hmm. I, I mean i thought the gallery infringement was really fun and i'm glad i got to watch it but i think honestly the like 
It's always one of the what is David working on today that are my favorites, but I I love watching him repair the holes in his pants. Yes. (laughs) And paint it and even be like, I'm going to rush the process and kind of mess it up and be like, oh, well. (laughs) Good as new. Good as new. I just thought that was, I I love watching the um, what is David working on today's especially. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's done as many lately. There's definitely some from August, but. Yeah been a minute he's been working on his what number am i gonna pick today so we'll have to cover that saga in the next david lynch shorts section yeah (laughs) (laughs) he makes me laugh (laughs) okay so well for the deep dive what i don't really have a deep dive per se but i did save a couple of articles that i found particularly amusing in their critique not critique necessarily critique but their description their commentary yeah of the um (laughs) of david lynch's shorts okay so um (laughs) this one is from spectrum culture it's called oeuvre lynch the cowboy and the frenchman (laughs) (laughs) let me see if i can find a particularly good section (laughs) okay so this is like from the last paragraph (laughs) The resulting product is surreal in a quiet, matter-of-fact way. Its intent aimed more at comfort than unease. The ghosts of popular culture merging chummily with the phantoms of history and the specters of popular legend. Nearly all the ideas represented here pop up in some way in other Lynch works, including one of the film's running jokes centered on the deafness of the cowboy played by Harry Dean Stanton, which was later recycled via the character played by Lynch himself in Twin Peaks, which we didn't mention, but yeah, that's funny. Oh, wow, I didn't think about that. (laughs) There it's presented as another of the show's incidental bits of local color, another weird detail offsetting the undertone of abject horror. There's no horror anywhere in The Cowboy and the Frenchman, and the film's cheery disposition casts it as the opposite of most of the director's other work, exploring the same essential material in an entirely different vein. Well, that's actually not as bad as <laughs> I it was, but there was definitely some stuff that I was like, okay, this is just too much language <laughs> for this. <laughs> but I think the other one was even funnier. Hold on, let me just see if there's anything else. Well, <laughs> it's just so, like anyway um okay and then let's see i'm shortening everything accidentally (laughs) this one is reflections on slash of the projected image david lynch's absurda by sam harris (laughs) (laughs) okay with absurda david lynch makes a film about what it feels like to watch a david lynch film Absurda, like most of Lynch's work, has you struggle relentlessly for an understanding, only to be met with a deep-down feeling of dread by the time the credits roll, and with nothing more than a small handful of clues necessary to unlock his cinematic puzzle box. Where its beauty lies is the way that Lynch does all of this in the space of only two minutes. Did we ever doubt him? (laughs) Wait, where's... This is not the one I want, either. I must have saved the wrong things. Is it, like, a really wordy one? (laughs) hold on let me just i got now i gotta i should have just cut out the quotes that i wanted instead of just saving the whole thing (laughs) that's my problem i thought there was one about the three r's or something that was like it could have been lynch given the chance to flaunt his enigmatic vision concocts something abstract brimming with a looming sense of unease and an inevitable desire to collapse in on itself (laughs) (laughs) oh wow I mean, that is a sentence right there. Yeah. <laughs> he inspires quite the language. I think this is scissors, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
In all of the film's digital noisiness, the faces that are projected are obscured, and we are never given a character to hold on to or identify with, though the echoing screams and slicing scissors. As the projection goes on, the characters begin to see themselves in the images. Obfuscated bodies jump in and out of the screen. Static frame, as if untouched by human hands, renders us implicated in the happening. Trapped. Its stiffness draws a greater attention to the movements that follow. With everything still, the motion that exists and unfolds within the frame is all the more terrifying. Inhuman. The way the scissors move back and forth through the frame, with a... Within a frame, clearly animated and separate from real human motion, the smoke that bursts at an accelerated speed through the frame and clouds, the theater acting is an all-too-real juxtaposition to the animation. (laughs) 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 Seriously. uh, What is the percentage of letters to words in that (laughs) paragraph? It's a very dramatic uh, retelling of it. I feel like this would be really a good lynchian thing to do would be to take that uh <laughs> comment and have someone like katherine colson read it and like the log lady kind of yes <laughs> timbre and just record her saying it yes i would like someone who's never watched the scissors to read this article and then Watch recreate it. what they think that it is oh, yes. based on what they read <laughs> <laughs> good luck yes and i'm not trying to make fun of anybody for no i mean it's beautiful writing flowerly language but i just thought it was just so funny that it inspired such like such dramatic uh yeah, retelling like three minutes oh yeah <laughs> it just shows the effect that art can have on people especially like very uh i don't know just very very not um straight to the point art i couldn't think of the word yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that word is very um absurd yeah absurda <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was funny that it was originally named Absurda, which is kind of his production company, company. for his most absurd stuff. Okay, well, um, I guess final thoughts. Yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed these. Obviously, my favorite was um, Scissors. But I uh, it's not that I necessarily have an innate dislike of surrealism it just always makes me feel in a way that i don't like Um, well i just don't know if you can necessarily classify it as surrealism i mean i know people do just because i think there's a lack of a classification for david lynch but i would say lynchian is the only real classification yeah or maybe we can say like lynchian like post surrealism something (laughs) because it's got like elements of surrealism in it and surrealism itself always makes me feel like <laughs> almost like dread and emptiness, <laughs> which I think is somewhat of the intended reaction that you that they want you to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure necessarily what his intended action, like what he wanted people to feel, but it always has like that tinge of like yeah. emptiness and kind of like grief. It's funny because you have like you really like the um, you tend to like the the scarier ones mm-hmm. but then you don't like as much the ones that make you feel kind of that scary feeling without any explanation as to why yeah <laughs> well yeah because it's like i think what's like what i like about the scary ones is that like it's scary and there's a reason mm-hmm. like it's a very blank like not blank very uh like in your face reason as to why it's scary but then the ones that it could feel gross it's like it's only making me feel like kind of scared and 
the yeah. way I feel because it's just there's like it's almost like nothing. Yeah. Nothing's there and there's no reason. <laughs> See, those are my favorite, the like Alan R's and not Alan R. The three R's. The three R's. I, I did like the three R's. Probably of all those shorts. I really, I did like Scissors too, but I think the three R's might have been my favorite because it felt so disquieting and mm-hmm. there's just something so random and weird about it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also, I mean, yeah, for me, I would say that um, I, I'm really enjoying doing all the shorts. I mm-hmm. think it's really fun way to get to know David Lynch and like kind of a broad overview Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's really fun that we are taking our time and doing like all of this David Lynch stuff and not just focusing on Twin Peaks because. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, Twin Peaks is definitely David Lynch has a lot of his fingerprints on all of it. But I would say that it's so much more collaborative than a, at least a lot of the stuff we're watching right now, which is like Solely stuff he David. just did himself. So it's it's cool to see all this. So then when we do watch the more collaborative pieces like Dune and stuff, we can see like all the little elements that are like, yeah, right. that's David. <laughs> you could totally, yeah, you could totally pick out his parts and yeah. his input. Yeah. Which I like. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we just get to know him a little better. And it's mm-hmm. fun to see the old stuff and the new stuff and the stuff in between and like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, it's not that I ever dislike any of his stuff. I just, it's like one of those things where that feeling I have to do in moderation because yeah. <laughs> I don't like feeling it very long. Oh, I understand. And luckily these shorts are like two minutes long, <laughs> so it's perfect. Yeah. And I have to say for the Cowboy and the Frenchman, maybe just a touch silly, but I mm-hmm. did enjoy it. There are, there, it's funny how it can be so like slapstick silly, but also still have the like, long drawn out david lynch moments oh yeah okay now now we're starting to slip into weird spooky territory (laughs) (laughs) which i i find it so fascinating that the cowboy and the frenchman because i feel like it's a side to him that we don't get in a whole work we get like little bits of it probably in twin beaks and well i feel like he was always trying to add that comedic element very similar to the cowboy and the frenchman type of comedy but it's always mixed in with all the the seriousness and, and the, the weirdness and you're like i don't know if i'm supposed to laugh and this one was just mm-hmm. like we know we're supposed to laugh but it's like i don't know am i supposed to feel creeped out and like weird about this yeah like or... well, it always feels like something is gonna happen yeah like you're waiting for something to happen in those like weird little moments and then you're like oh wait we're watching a comedy yeah. and i just love when you know old favorites show up so mm-hmm. that's Jack fine Nance. yeah i can't have a an episode without a Jack Nance nope. <laughs> moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, was there anything else we wanted to say about any of these? Um, I don't know. We'd love to hear what you guys think. Yeah. You can find them all on YouTube. I would make a playlist, but I'm kind of afraid that like, if I make a playlist with the Cowboy and the Frenchman, then it might, for some reason, get pulled down. Not that I have the power to do that, but like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But you can definitely find it. Just put it on there. I don't know if it's... Maybe it's put out by the people who originally commissioned it, so... Oh, probably. If it's still up there, I would assume. If not, then no one's caught it yet. <laughs> yeah. And you can find all of these um, old weather reports, and then all the newer stuff is just on David Lynch Theater. And I definitely recommend you could check out all the stuff on there, because mm-hmm. it's fun. Which, if you're following along with the podcast, you probably already have checked out a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I can't wait till we get to the saga of the jar and the interaction with the fans. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, But that'll be a couple weeks from now because next week we're going to be doing 
Pride and Prejudice and Zombie. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> I guess first we should be to say our recommendations. Yes. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Also, we want to know what you guys think of these um, shorts. So write us in and let us know if you liked these shorts and what you thought of them. Yeah, which one was your before, favorite? Or if you even heard of them before. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so recommendations. Crap, Ola. I've been meaning to think of the one I thought of for a long time. <laughs> Do you want me to go? Yeah, you go. Every time. <laughs> it's okay. Um, okay, so I'm debating whether I should do two. Yeah, I'm going to do two because they're kind of not of the moment, but one of them is. So the first one I'm going to do is music. It's an album called Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Holly. And for those who don't know, Chloe and Holly are kind of like the sister protégés of Beyonce. They were like a um, YouTube sensations kind of uh, like a couple years ago and they were just really beautiful singers had really beautiful perfect harmonies oh, and cool. so they got really like notoriety off of that and then Beyonce kind of took them under her wing and they've been releasing music but I think it's been kind of a little bit more kid friendly because they were so young but now that they're like adults and they released this album it is like it just it's it's so good it came out a couple months ago, I think. And I just, at that time, I think I'd kind of gone into like a music slump and have not been listening to anything new, just going through old albums and ma- mainly singles. But when I just started listening to this one recently and I was like, why did I not listen to this earlier? <laughs> it is so good. It's just, they're so much more mature and their voices are insane for like just how, how young they are. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I would recommend that. And my second recommendation is a TV show. <laughs> And it's a documentary on HBO Max about the Nexium cult Ooh. called The Vow. <laughs> and I had listened to, I think it was an eight-part Canadian podcast about the Nexium cult because the guy who does it, he, like, linked up with, like, an old high school friend and they were catching up. And he basically just asked her, like, what have you been up to lately? And she was like, well, I just left a cult. And then <laughs> somehow it turned into this eight-part show. But it's just one of those things where... You know, you've heard tell about it because of Allison Mack and, you know, all this uh-huh. scandal about it. And it's just one of those things where it's just, it starts building on itself. Like, it's just a slow build and it is crazier and crazier. And, you know, it's just always so interesting to me to hear things about cults and people who like, yeah. get involved in cults. Like, what kind of mindset you have to have. Yeah. Just because it just, whenever you hear a retelling of a cult, you're like, that's a cult. Why would I ever join that? And just, I don't know. It's just so interesting to me. Well, that makes me think of a second recommendation for myself. <laughs> Perfect. Just because um, you're talking about cults. I do have a podcast that I like called Zealot. It's right. this Australian girl, and she talks about cults. It's a very fun kind of laid back podcast where it's just her and a friend, and they mm-hmm. just talk about what they've learned from their research. But I love the transitional music that she made it i always get them stuck in my head and i just think that they're the funnest but the, what i was actually going to recommend just because uh, you guys know my struggle because i've talked about it several times how i just have no attention span for tv or anything right now but i finally found something to catch my interest and um it started off with rewatching nova's the planet series from a couple of years ago planet documentaries Ooh. <laughs> but yeah yeah 
so going back through like the old Novas, I was like, man, there are so many great Novas if you love documentaries. And you can watch a lot of them if you have the PBS Passport, which is just like if you do $5 donation to PBS a month or something, I think you can get Passport or like it might just be $25 a year or something like that. That's not bad. And then I subscribe to Curiosity Stream on top of that. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can necessarily recommend that yet, but it seemed like there was a lot of cool documentaries that were catching my interest and i was like oh my gosh things catching my interest i can't believe it i have to watch these so some cult and some planet documentary <laughs> <laughs> recommendations for this week <laughs> super cool though i love planet documentaries i love all that stuff like yeah did you know i learned this in the sun one this is the craziest fact oh, oh i just told you the other day but i'll retell you uh, for the yes. for everyone's sake <laughs> like in the mid 1800s there was a guy because you know scientists going back to galileo for some reason decided they were going to stare at the sun and try to study <laughs> sunspots maybe they had certain lenses for it but this guy he, he loved to draw his sunspots every day and one day he was looking at it and he saw this big bright white flash oh. And he was like, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like this. I have to go get somebody to corroborate the story. So he goes and gets a guy, brings him back to look at it, and it's gone. And then, like, nine hours later, the entire world is hit by this solar wind. Oh, and Because um, it was like a solar flare. It was the first evidence, I guess, of a solar flare. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the world was hit by the solar wind. Every all the electricity like caught on fire and went down because this was still early Ooh. electricity days. So maybe it was the late 1800s. Probably. But um, yeah, like the telephone places were burning up, Gosh. and then that evening, all around the world, even to the equator, could see the aurora in the sky. That's right. That's and so cool. It's just one of those crazy things that it's like, yeah, that could happen. They were like, yeah, that could happen anytime. You guys could just go into darkness for three weeks and no, <laughs> don't tell us. They're like, yeah, it just happened a few months ago, and we were just lucky enough not to be in the direct path of it. So Jesus, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, not to freak anybody out, but that's just you know one of the cool facts that I learned. Yes, <laughs> I just thought that was a really crazy story. That's anyway. really cool. <laughs> Um, well, that's it for this week. Next week, we'll be back with Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Woo! Blockbuster so Summer. Excited for that. Uh, yeah, even though I guess it's like, well, in Florida, it's still summer. Dog days. In Florida, it's still summer until like my birthday. I'm December. ready for fall, though, man. I am so ready. Me too. <sighs> yeah. Okay. And if you want to get in contact with us. Yes. our You can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. Uh, DM us at Twitter at Manners Madness or on Instagram at Manners and Madness Pod. And you could leave us a voice message at our website, mannersandmadness.com. Yes. Oh, and did we say that um, after Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, we're doing more David Lynch shorts, but we're going to cover rabbits in the next section? Pretty think, much all the recent stuff we haven't covered yet. Right. I think we maybe mentioned it a little bit on the check in, but nothing. Okay. Like well, that. just in case you wanted to skip Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which. Come on, if you're a David Lynch you fan, shouldn't. you can at least try that one. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's like the best tone yes. to uh, Austin Lynch. and scary at the same time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, but we will see you guys, or talk to you, or yeah, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> that thing. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, good night. Bye.